Hello and welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk. It's been a while, hasn't it, Jim? It sure has. We've been away. We've been busy, boys. I've been in the time farm office a bit. Jimbo's been up cooking up what whatever he whatever he cooked <laughs> at the mighty wagon. Uh, but we're back. We're back for our mid-season review show. Just, I mean, just to encompass all the races we've missed in the last three weeks. And give our thoughts on them as regards to the wider picture in racing at the minute, Jim. Uh, good discussions. We've had the Irish Derby, the Grand Prix de Paris, about, you know, with the three-year-old Colts showing their merits. The Sprinters, obviously, last week with the July Cup. The Falmouth, we talk about how strong, how good are the Phillies at the minute. And Jim Tudanhot won a race. Yeah, finally. Uh, and I didn't back him because I was on holiday so even better the only time I've not backed two down out this season he has won so yeah I, we've had plenty of debates between ourselves talking about all the races that we're going to be talking about now and it's just a bit of a catch up really so yeah I mean I'm, I'm, we are going to start get back in our time machine to almost a month ago really three weeks since the Irish derby Uh one of the strangest races I've ever watched. Really? Completely and utterly. Sov- sovereign. 33 to 1. Leading the entire way. Half the track clear at halfway. And pretty. I, I know other people have read into this in different ways, Jim. I think, in fact, I'm not going to lie, only one, only one horse in this race was given a competent ride. Yeah. And it was sovereign, wasn't it? It was. Padraig Beggy, Yuma, a really superb ride, if I'm being brutally honest. And everyone else was slacking. Everyone were expecting sovereign to tire, but uh, he, he certainly didn't. Uh, it was his second try at Marlon Fort, and previously it was the Derby. And he was well beaten, wasn't he, in the oh, derby? he was used as a pacemaker. It completely wasn't really trying, and I think he was being used as a pacemaker here, but it was a funny, funny sort of race to watch, just completely. You were just thinking, someone's going to catch him, someone's going to catch him, and nothing did. Uh, Anthony Van Dyke, to me, looked like a boat. He, uh, I think he's sent Ledger written all over him. Uh, I, I think he wants further in. And we were, you were having question marks after his derby trial whether his stamina was his main forefront. But I think he's a stout stayer. I think he wants further. Yeah, I, I, I could see what I could see where you're coming from there, Jim. Uh, God, I was disappointed. I was disappointed in this. Broom slow. Broom, Broom gave everyone about three lengths at the start and never recovered from it. Mad Moon, Jesus Christ, this was so winnable. Yeah, this was so winnable. Uh, you were really hot on him as well, weren't you? Oh, I, I thought after both the Guineas and the Derby that Man Moon was the best three-year-old colt in Britain or Ireland, uh, and he's just not laid a glove on him. Not laid a glove on him here. Uh, I know a lot of people were slightly more positive on the forefront of Sovereign after the race, and actually, if you look at it, he's he's ran the final furlong. Quicker than he's ran. Yeah. Everything uh, else. Yeah. What that doesn't mean to me is that sovereigns are has taken a massive step forward. What that means to me is that every other jockey was an atrocious judge of pace in this race. <laughs> <laughs> How slowly must they have been going? 
if Sovereign was that far clear and could still improve on his finishing speed. I'm sorry, he's not suddenly become an arc-quality horse overnight after finishing 10th in the Derby and third in the Derringstown race. <laughs> not a chance. It's mental. Not a chance. And, I mean, fair play to Padre Begge. I mean, was it even that much of a good ride? He's gone out, done what he's been expected to do and told to do, and every jockey in behind has just... has just fallen asleep. Yeah, completely. Has fallen asleep. And Padre Begge's record continues to be fantastic because we, we all knew we won the derby on Wings of Eagles. I think he's only had, like, seven rides since that. and Seven winners. Seven winners. And since then, and it's... Spectacular, really. His prize money per ride is absolutely magnificent. This this race was for the winner got €855,000. So think of his earnings in two races. Absolutely magnificent. And yeah, 10 out of 10. I, I, I think this, take this race with a pinch of salt. Ex- exactly sort of what Lewis... Not a pinch, Jim. You're putting the entire packet of salt in it. <laughs> the entire packet of salt. I mean... Oh, I... I, I I see where people are coming from who are trying to be slightly more positive regarding Sovereign. You know, they've used the fact that Norway finished for Norway was tracking the leader and couldn't go with Sovereign at the end. But again, Norway's a boat. So he's, so he's 20-1 to 1 for the King George. Would would that interest you? Uh, No. No, uh, do you know what? I think he's overpriced. He is overpriced. 20 to 1's a decent... He's just won an Irish derby by six lengths. Have you saw any other horse that's won an Irish derby by six lengths that was 20 to 1 for the King George? You'd snap the hand off, wouldn't you? You'd still rather be with Anthony Van Dyke. Mmm. He's come out... out, out uh, Everything else was given an atrocious ride. Barring arguably Norway, who was a, you know... Group three listed horse. Solid. Com- a competitive sort, but not good enough to win a group one. No. Anthony Van Dyke's the only one from behind who was ridden like a zombie who's come out of the race with any credit. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And we might as well move on from this shambles because it's getting Lewis slowly more and more aggravated as we go on. Well, I'm 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 not I'm I'm not I think in a year as well where you've got a very messy three-year-old Colts division, like we'll, we'll move on to talk about Japan in a bit, where the three-year-old Colts are, it's a bit of a murky picture. And you're looking, we've got a race here, we've got, we've got first, second and fourth from the Derby, who weren't far, and they all have different strengths. This race is going to clear it up we're going, we're going to know a lot more. And then the pacemaker wins and everyone else is just dawdling around the rear. It's just made everyone like murky waters and no one knows where they stand anymore, do they? Oh, completely not. Completely not, Jim. I mean, while we're on about the three-year-old Colts, it seems pretty widely accepted now by a lot of people in racing that Japan is the best of them. You know, going into the winter, he was the shortest price of the O'Brien lot for the Derby after he won the Beresford. Uh, he was a big money purchase as a yearling as well, wasn't he? Even then, though, Jim, we've seen him win the Grand Prix de Paris in the meantime. I just think it is significant, well, indicative 
of the uh, lack of quality in the three-year-old division at the minute. Yeah. Um, the three-year-old Colts. And it, I was slightly disappointed with the Grand Prix de Paris lineup because there was nothing really in it that could have challenged Japan. Oh, the French are even worse than us. I know. They've got Persian King and nothing else. Y- and I know a lot of people like the Prix de Jockey Club winner, uh, Sotsas. Yeah. Not mad convinced yet. He's beaten in a non-stale. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I mean, Japan did it well enough, but I wouldn't exactly say, wow, that was an impressive, that's our horse to go and beat Enable out of the olders. No. This was the Bahrain Trophy. Yeah, with a group one put next to it. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree a bit. It uh, was a, it was a woeful group one. I mean, we're going to talk more about two down hot in a minute as well, which was as bad. In fact, maybe slightly better than this. But they are two of the most atrocious three-year-old group ones I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, that's not to knock Japan, because I do think um, he's a proper. And group not one to knock two down hot either. He's a Japan. He's a proper group one horse. Yeah. But I, I think the fact that. We're heralding him as, you know, almost universally accepted now that the best three-year-old middle-distance horse is Japan. And his record this season is fourth in the Dante, third in the Derby, a win in the uh, King Edward, is it, at Royal Ascot, they call it. And then he's beaten an atrocious field in a group one in, in France. Normally, you'd be able to find five, five or six three-year-old Colts with an as good or better record than that. Yeah. Between a mile and a mile and a half, I think. So, do you think then Sir will come out to be the better three-year-old? Because he's sort of been given time off. He progressed quickly. He had then two successive wins. And then he went straight to the uh, Chester, where he was mightily impressive, won decisively. And then he went to the Derby and, I wouldn't say disappointed, but didn't run as well as we were expecting. I thought he ran well. Yeah. I thought he ran well. You, 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 you'd have taken, you'd have taken fifth with him as well. He was the first to really unleash his challenge. Yeah. And again, the, the ones who were closing on him, you've said Anthony Van Dyke looked slow. He was probably done by stronger stayers. Yeah. At that point in time, by Broom, you know, it was a proper proper boat. Uh, I see where you're coming from, and I think he's slightly been the forgotten horse. Since the derby, because I think he'll be given a really good campaign now. He's had sort of this, this time of the year off, and then he's going to go straight into um, the autumn. And I think he'll he'll just carry on progressing and progressing. And I, I think everyone's sort of forgetting about him, if I'm being honest, because I th- I think although I, I slagged him off going into the derby, I think now looking at the way everything's worked out. I think he's a clear standard setter above him. Uh, you could go for the great voltager at the end of this month at, at York and then go on to the, the uh, champion stakes. And then there's obviously um, the arc at the end of the season. He's, he's not entered for, but that would be an obvious couple of races for him to go to, in my opinion. He's a rush past 20s for the arc. Does it tempt you? Yeah, 20 to 1s. I think it's a cracking bet for the arc. Um I think he is the best three-year-old. I wasn't of that opinion going into the derby. I was completely against him. Um, but now I've sort of adjusted to the fact that this year's derby's really, really weird because Circus Maximus, who was six, who we all thought was stamina, won the St. James's Palace. And everything else 
Telecaster didn't... Well, we'll talk about Telecaster later on. Performance in the uh, Eclipse. And Bangkok's been beaten by Japan, which we were all sort of expecting at Royal Ascot. It's a weird, weird sort of race. Uh, and at the time, I thought, wow, the, the Derby's... This is quite clearly one of the most exciting derbies. Five horses beating a length between them. Well, it's, it's the old James Willoughby thing, though, isn't it? That you say, in terms of averageness, like a height, where, you know, the, the average human is five foot whatever, you know, and then you get your giants at 6'10". Yeah. And your short people at, you know, pygmies, whatever they call them, at, <laughs> you know, four foot nine. <laughs> Uh, flat jockeys. Uh, uh, move on, move on. But but you know what I mean. Yeah. That the idea that there were five horses in the derby within a, f- a length or two of each other suggests that they're all closer to average than extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I see where you're coming from from struggling. I wouldn't be as bold to say that, that he's the best three-year-old. In fact, I don't think you can say that because his form isn't as good as Japan's at the minute. What you could say is he is the one three-year-old with the potential to be the best yeah. at the minute over yeah. middle distances. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably say that then. I won't sound as bold. Yeah, uh, like you said, we'll just touch on Telecaster as well, who I still think is a really, really smart horse. Uh, I know Huey Morrison's talking about putting him away for the season, or just getting him back, getting him mature. It, it's just been a bit much for him at this stage in he's his broken career. he's actually broken uh quite similar to a horse that this happened to him in i think it was last year's derby young rascal william agus he won at chester and i thought we're an absolute monster and he ran in the derby and the derby broke him didn't he go out and win a group three at newbury he did he did he did later in the year but william agus i, I remember it loud and clear he said he was broken after the race, and I think this has exactly happened here. He had a really hard race in the Dante, and they tried. Well, they, he wasn't even entered in the. Well, he was entered in the Derby, but then they had to, to resupplement him. And I think, I think it's just taken him out of him. And I know there's so much pressure on three-year-olds going for the Derby. This is their main season. This is what everything leads up to. Buying them as a yearly, the Derby. But if they'd missed it, I think he would have been a completely different animal and I think the three-year-olds this year have been campaigned horrendously if I'm being honest Telecaster and Too Darn Hot I'll go on a rant about him later but I think they've rushed Telecaster Telecaster back here for the Coral Eclipse and I know he's had plenty of time off but I think he needed longer he's not himself and I think if they put him away for the season that's, that's the perfect scenario I think for him because I think that it'd be a hell of a horse next season if he's back to himself yeah I, I agree it's, it, it's not it's, it's worth not giving up on telecaster yet a uh, bit of time off surely is the right thing to do I was having this debate on Twitter though uh, on Saturday after the July Cup and someone pointing out let's say the middle distance three olds are all that good this year are they any worse than they've been over the past three or four years? Are they any worse? The 2016 derby was Haas and 
US Army Ranger and Idaho. Isn't Haas on the last horse to win a race after the Derby since since like the previous winners? Won the Irish it? Derby, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, you know that wasn't anything special. Yeah. We look at Wings of Eagles. Who did he beat? Cliffs of Mower. It just a very. We've had a couple of seasons of no superstars, and maybe we were spoiled, probably when us yeah. two were growing up, but to Frankel, see the stars and all them, that yeah, so we expect a St. superstar. Yeah, St. Nicholas Abbey, yeah. etc. I'll give Cracksman, Cracks, but Cracksman has been the only good three-year-old colt, middle-distance colt. Golden Arm. It was in the past five years, 20, 2013. Yeah, oh yeah. We'll say Golden Arm. Golden Arm and Cracksman, though. Since See the Stars and Frankel. Yeah, I've been the only two yeah. superstar three-year-old Colts. Like I say, Wings of Eagles. I don't understand how he he beat Cracksman in that derby. Uh, Cliffs of Moa was a useful enough type, but by no means a superstar. Last year's derby was atrocious. <laughs> Masabi, two non-stayers, and a horse who is too much of a stayer. Yeah. Uh, has it been... You know, are this lot that much worse? Is that you know? I I I think they're getting a lot of slagging off, when in reality, so you're sticking up, you're sticking up for this season's three-year-old. I am. I am. I'm, 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 I've absolutely slagged the hell off them. You're now sticking up. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying they're they're a very very mediocre bunch, but I don't think it's been any worse, you know, than we've seen in Massa's year, Wings of Eagles year. Barring Cracksman. And even if you look now, the top older horses. I was just having a look at Crystal Ocean's form as a three-year-old. You know, his, his biggest win by the end of his three-year-old campaign was in the Gordon Stakes. I know he'd finished second in, an, in a quite a good ledger. But, you know, apart from that, I, I, I don't think it's particularly worse. Maybe give him time till the end of the season. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Because quite, I mean, we we've seen it, like with Cracksman, that sometimes the best horse in the Derby, and Roaring Lion, isn't the one who wins the Derby. Mm. You know, but with it being the most important race, horses who may not be suited particularly well suited, like we say, Roaring Lion wasn't didn't stay a mile and a half. Correct. But it's a Derby. We'll give it a go. Yeah. And you get that attitude in the derby ten times more than you do any other race with it being a classic. Yeah. You know, to a, maybe not quite to the same degree, but you do see it in the guineas in the, led, in the ledger, like with ten sovereigns this year. Yeah. Yeah, you would. I, I, I agree. And I'm, as I'm getting older and watching racing and probably learning I learn more and more about each day I'm beginning to think that these classics don't necessarily produce the best horses oh no they don't and I always thought the classics would produce the best horses they'd always go and win and I know that's a bit of a weird statement because sometimes they do and uh, and they are the best races but it's not the be all and end all if you don't run in it and like I mean, prime prime example of that is just two down hot. Correct. There there was no need to run two down hot in the Dante. In hindsight, we found something he was perfectly good at over seven furlongs, 
and there was no reason to doubt he'd be as good over a mile. The allure of the derby tempted them to try him over further. Correct. Didn't work. You know, it's... I'd, I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself a bit here. Because what I'm saying is, yes, at the minute, they look like a very, very mediocre bunch. Yeah. But I wouldn't rule them out yet and just go, oh, this is an entirely crap group of three-year-olds. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think at the end of, you know, at the end of uh, 2017, if you were to name the best five three-year-olds around, not one of them would have said Crystal Ocean. And he's, yeah. and he's now officially the world's best race horse at five. Yeah. You know, moving on to that, Jim, the world's best race horse. Surely he's enable. Obviously. After the performance in the Eclipse, absolutely magnificent, I thought. I mean, just what can we do to get a beat? Other than be shutter speed. <laughs> where, uh, where's shutter speed now, hey? Yeah. I remember I backed... I backed enabled in that race, I remember. And shutter speed won. And I think Raheem House was second, going even further back. He finished second over a mile and six at the weekend at York. And You're I, not a bad horse, Raheem House. I know. And I remember thinking, I, th- I thought enabled. I th- she looked good in the parading. She probably should be winning that. And then, obviously, we've seen how she's gone on. And she's four to six for the uh, King George now. And obvious, nothing can beat her, if I'm being honest. No. I mean, it's, it's a sort of a weird weird situation at the minute where I'm going to go back to being grumpy and frustrated. I think ov- overall in Europe, it's a pretty underwhelming crop of horses around at the minute. Uh, I think there's three, three world-class race horses in the entirety of Europe. Yeah. Go one's on. one's Enable, who's clearly the best. Yeah. Then Crystal Ocean and Stradivarius. Yeah. Who are well clear of everything else. And I as think well. I'd have thrown in Blue Point if he won't retired. Yeah, completely. Because he, he lit up the sprinting division at Ascot. He, he made everyone tune in to watch Royal Ascot on that Saturday to win them two races in short successive time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Blue Blue Point would have been the fourth world yeah. class horse and now retired. And I say I'd maybe include Batash in a very, very narrow set of conditions yeah. as being world class. It's not great at the minute, mate. No. It's not great. Enable is, though. Enable is one Enable of the best is, around. And she should go and win the King George, and she should go and win the Ark. Yeah, most most definitely. I've been looking at the Ark and the King George and horses to try and beat her, and there is nothing that I can find that can beat her at all. I know I said Sir Dragon A earlier on at 20-1, to 1, but that's only at a value price, and I think Enable... She's just magnificent. Her and Frankie are a match made in heaven. Uh, I thought Frankie give Enable an absolute peach in this race. Just sat off hunting horn, the pacemaker. Pulled him out with two furlong to go and absolutely romped home. And to say she stepped down, it was the first time she'd stepped down to a mile and two since she got beat in that shutter speed race. Um, she looked like what she'd thrive at one mile two and... It'd be interesting to see the campaign she goes now to get to the Ark. Um, I think she'll go King George, won't she? But I'm just be King George Ark. But I think, yeah, I think that Khalid Abdullah will want to go for the Jumont. I really oh, do. Yeah, that's a very fair point. 
I think it's his race. He always sends his best horses to that race if they're fitted to them circumstances. We go back to midday. We go back to twice over. Yeah. Growing up, they they always went for the judgment. They were always in that race, and it, maybe it's just his his fillies and mares that he always targets this race with, obviously. But I think running in the Coral Eclipse was a trial to see if she could stay a mile and two to then go to York. And I think if she does go to York, she will be absolutely unstoppable. And I think it'll be packed to the rafters because it'll almost be like the moment Frankel went for the Judmont. Yeah. It will bring everyone to go and watch her. And I, I'll never forget that day. I, it took me an hour. I would miss the first race to, to, go, to go and watch Frankel. And Franco came swinging on the outside and passing St. Nicholas Abbey, and there was no better sight. And I think Enable will bring that factor if she does go to York. Oh, tell you what, mate, you're getting me giddy already. Oh, oh. You're getting me giddy, and I can really see it. Yeah. I think it makes it. It's, it's almost the perfect gap as well, isn't it? It's, well, it's only about three weeks from the. three or four weeks from the King George to well, the, the Judmont. Well, the dance. But it's, but it's, it's another five or six then yeah the Judmont meeting is five weeks away yesterday so I, I think that's a perfect amount of time and I, and then she'd go on to the Ark and then we'd probably say our last hurrah you'd go again for the Breeders' Cup wouldn't you yeah if, if she won the Ark and then that that'd have to be it and it's sort of sad that that's gone that's it and oh what a racehorse enable is I could talk yeah. about her the day I died, one of the best around I've ever watched. I, t- I tell you what, though, highlights almost my point about the, a lack of good middle distance horses other than Enable. Like, don't don't get me wrong, Enable is special, but I'm not mad sure about the quality of opposition. You know, when Frankel was doing it to Sit Nicholas Abbey and far yeah. an celebration. <laughs> Regal reality is not in their league. And I'm just looking at the odds for the arc now. Uh for some reason enables a best price nine to two with ten bet. Everywhere else she's five to four or five or six to five. So ten bet uh thank you for that ninety quid. <laughs> uh and every other horse barring Sotsas is double figures. There are two horses that are single-figure price at the arc. There's only four that are shorter than 20 to 1. Yeah. Enable, Sotsas, Crystal Ocean, Japan, and then we're out to Sir Dragonette. The strength in depth isn't really there. Magical's a smashing filly. We'll give her that, and she'll probably come and win good fillies races as well. You know, and pretty much any race that Enable doesn't turn up in, or Crystal Ocean, should be hers for the taking. Yeah. The Irish champion stakes. Do you see either of them travelling? No. And especially with the sad news about Sea Class yeah. last week, it, I thought Sea Class ran an absolute storming race from that position at Ascot. And it's so sad that we won't see her on the racetrack again, but I hope, hope she pulls through and be an excellent, excellent broodmare. Yeah. Yeah, we, I echo those sentiments completely, mate. Uh, whilst I'm on, Whilst I'm on about magical, Jim, I was going to say, because sometimes you can look at maybe the Myling fillies and think, yeah, they step up in trip. They might be a match of them in races like the Nassau. Yeah. You know, don't see it this year. I've, the Falmouth we had last week won by Voracious. 
Ah, it was a very middling Falmouth, wasn't it? I, I, I think... Lone Masters are very good horse, but better at seven. I think that... Maybe I'm just of this opinion, but Newmarket Racing last week favoured a lot of front runners. And I, I, I know Raffle Prize front, front run, just, just from a small percentage, Communique was up there. And maybe that's why Johnston's horses run so well. Maybe the fast ground equivalents to that. But I wouldn't say Ten Sovereigns led, but he led his own group, didn't he? Uh, and I think leading, especially Voracious, I thought, oh, she and Murphy give her an absolute perfect ride. But she's not world class, is she, like you said? No, no, not. Not for me. I, I I think she'd been... Look, she's always been well thought of, hasn't she? Yeah. You know, she, she'd gone off well supported, both in the Daily and... Uh, I'm going to call it the Windsor Forest. I can't remember what it's called now. They changed its name, haven't they? The Duke of Cambridge? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Jesus Christ. Before we get started, it's the Cherry Hinton. <laughs> you you love your old names, don't you? How 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 many races are named after royalty, etc., etc.? <laughs> and this isn't the big... Melty lefty Tomo coming out. This is just for a bit of variety. You know, the Duchess of Cambridge, Duke of Cambridge, King George, King George the Fourth, King George the Fifth, King Edward. The Cherry Hinton, it's unique. Yeah. And it's pretty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I know Verace has obviously taken a huge step forward, but I was underwhelmed. Yeah. By her as the winner of the Falmouth. Yeah. I was, unfortunately. Uh, and I wouldn't see her, you know. I mean, I'd, I'd be liking horses like Hermosa. Yeah. And Watch Me. Yeah, Watch to, Me's got a massive future. To be absolutely brainer. Mm, yeah. In the good Phillies mile races. Uh, staying at Newmarket, and we'll move on to, well, the highlight of the July Festival, the July Cup and season... Back on track for 10 Sovereigns. Led home a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 for the three-year-olds. No good, are they, Jim? No, They're useless. No good. All these three-year-olds, absolutely useless. They've absolutely They're battered old. the older horses yeah, here. 10 Sovereigns coming up ahead of advertised the Commonwealth Cup winner. Fairyland, who's a smashing filly, as is pretty Pollyanna, to be fair, and so perfect. Jim, this to me isn't... isn't an, uh, indicator of how good the three-year-olds are it's how woeful the sprinters are without blue point yeah and the best six furlong horse in the country didn't run in this race but i've i personally would like to rerun that race you needed to press me jim you needed to press me on that point i wasn't talking about blue point he's now retired the best active six furlong horse in this country didn't run in this race too darn hot no Ah. Oh. He ran at Newcastle on Northumberland Plate Day, Invincible Army. Yeah, yeah. Has been people have people have kind of slightly forgotten about him due to him flopping in the Golden Jubilee. But uh, yeah, now you now you mention it, I've completely forgotten about him. He's, he, he, everything else he's done this season entitles him to be up there. May well as good as Ten Sovereigns and advertise I think at this moment in time. And one slight blip at Ascot. In a bit of a weird race as well. It was, you know, I think everyone was kind of ridden to beat Blue Point. Yeah. You know what I mean? We saw what he could do properly at Newmarket 
sorry, at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's become a little bit of a forgotten horse, and he, he'll take. I think he'll take beating in the good six furlong group ones. Yeah, yeah. No, you've mentioned it. It'd be really interesting to see where he'd fit in in this lineup because I was about to say, pretty Pollyanna, ran an absolute cracker in this. And, and taking nothing away from Ten Sovereign, but pretty Pollyanna fell out the stalls. She gave him at least three lengths, and she made a big race move halfway through on the far side to go and race a slight bit more forward, and maybe that took all of it, all of it out of it. And we know she's tried it a mile. She just got narrowly, well, not narrowly denied, but got beaten comprehensively by Hermosa. Uh, and I, I think I've marked pretty Pollyanna up in in my head in this because I think if she'd have broke better, she'd have probably pushed Ten Sovereigns close, I think. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I do really like pretty Pollyanna. She, she's a proper group one filly, as is Fairyland as well, who, like, like we've said there, also have been stretched, you he, know, in, in order to try and win a classic. The, the first two, though, Jim, I mean... It's a very, very weird, weird situation because we go for the Nunthorpe next as the next big sprint. And you look at that and you consider it, right, the best five furlong horse around without Blue Point is Batash, who has ran badly in the Nunthorpe twice. Flopped. You've got Mabs Cross, who is as solid as a rock, and would probably be the horse I'd back at this moment in time. <laughs> Advertising 10 sovereigns, are they quick enough? Would you fancy him over five? And I'll include Invincible Army in that as well. I'd rather have Fairyland over five. Correct answer. Um, I think she's all speed. Uh, when she won at York last year, she absolutely blitzed. Blitzed him. And I thought the right idea, keep her sprinting distances. And after this performance, I thought Fairyland just can't beat ten sovereigns. But then I look back at the race again and I think... Maybe she just wants five. Maybe maybe Coolmore have tried to put the mile idea into the head and relaxed them all. But we've seen Ten Sovereigns was relaxed at Ascot and, and he's come out and been an absolute thunderbolt here. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd have Fairyland. Um, but other than that, I, I, think, I think the first four in this are all very, very good. Uh, Dream of Dreams was never really put into the race, if, if I was being brutally honest. Um, I, I, it was a weird sort of race it, I sort of was sat watching it and then I was thought it's finished what's happened uh, so yeah ten, 10 sovereigns good horse but oh proper proper top class horse but I want to see him do it again if you get what I mean I, I'll accept yeah. the fact he's won a group one but I want him to win another one to prove to me I think I think with Fairyland as well, you could even go to Goodwood over six against Batash. I, I think she could, she it's could test over five at Goodwood. Uh, oh, sorry, oh, over five. I think that could test her rather than going for the Nunthorpe. Uh, although it, it'd be a fairly quick turnaround to be honest. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd quite happily see that. So yeah, but we might as well move on to the seven furlong superstar in two darn hot who won the Prix Jean Pratt decisively I'd be interested seeing two darn hot step down to six yeah so would I and I know Gosden said that hadn't he he said they should have gone for the July Cup I mean surely the obvious target is back in France with the Maurice de Guise which is six and a half 
That'll just be right up his street, won't it? Now it's rant time. They have absolutely ruined this horse. He's just won a Group 1. I know, but it, it could have been three Group 1s this season. They have absolutely ruined him. He, it was quite obvious that he didn't stay in the Dante. So why did they decide to, to come down in trip? To come down to a mile when they could have just gone to put him away after that, give him some time to develop and go to seven furlongs or go to here or go to six over uh, at the July Cup? No, you're wrong. Hindsight's beautiful in retrospect, Jim. I, right, I concede that maybe going to the Dante was the wrong thing to do. Correct. Like we've said, that was the the lure of the Epsom Derby. Mm-hmm. Or the Derby, people will get angry at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lure of the Derby attracted them then. You say the horse didn't clearly didn't stay, which even then is arguable. Is arguable. Yeah. Because the sectionals aren't poor. He's not weakening at the end. Got your sectional cap on now, yeah? <laughs> oh, mate, look, I'm, I'm a right little melt for it now. Stop watches and click pause everywhere. Uh, Since you joined Time Farm, you're a changed man. I am, I am. I used to absolutely hate them. Uh, but, saying that, the sectionals don't suggest he wasn't a non... He, he, he didn't stay. You can concede he didn't stay as well as Telecaster. Fair enough. So the next move to that, Jim... If you've got a horse who's fit and raring to go after the Dante, surely you go, right, we've got the Irish Guineas at all the St. James's Palace. May, maybe you might have waited for the St. James's Palace. Definitely. You, you would have. It was a too short a turnaround, in my opinion, for a horse that had... Had a rushed prep. Had a rushed prep and... Dis- well, we say, I was fairly disappointed with his return to the Dante. In the Dante, but it was over a new it was over a new trip, Jim. We, yeah. we, we didn't we didn't know, and it'd have been foolish for anyone going into that race to be a hundred percent confident in Two Dan Hot's ability. because yeah. he's a speedy two-year-old. Yeah, and you know, physically, I say he's not very big. He was ridiculously forward for a for a Dubawi. Yeah, there were a lot of reasons as to why Two Dan Hot wouldn't have produced the level of demolition he had done as a two-year-old in his reappearance in the Dante. Yeah. I concede, again, maybe the Irish Guineas came around too soon. But if he was yours and you, and John goes and says to you, we've got him right, we don't think he stayed in the Dante, Royal Ascot next, you'd have said, yes, of course, yeah. obvious. That would be the next target. Because you, you, you couldn't have said, he'd never run over six even as a two-year-old. Yeah. It was 7-7 seven, seven, a mile seven. So looking back and saying before the Dante that, oh, shocking campaign. We should have campaigned him as a sprinter all year. I think he's unwise. But after this performance in the Jean Pratt, why or why, please tell me, are they going to go to the Sussex? Why? Why not go for the Morris de Geest? Because the mile division's woeful. It's it's woeful, but he, he struggles to stay a mile. Does it? He's been done on, on soft ground, right? He has run well. And I know it's an easy mile at Goodwood. He has run well, in the Irish Guineas, and in the Saint James's Palace, given the circumstances. Phoenix to Spain got an absolutely beautiful run, in the Irish Guineas. Jamie Spencer dictated that race. You know, two Dan Hot still did well to finish in the placings. Same again. The ground was atrocious at Ascot. Circus Maximus 
we know stays probably a mile and a half. Again, the race that way fell apart with the rain before and letting the strongest stayer get an easy lead. There, there's reasons, you know. Yeah. If, if, if we say he's run, you know, to a mark of what? Maybe one, two, four here in the Jean Pratt. Yeah. Because I'm not having it. It's a woeful group one. And people saying that this is anything better than two Dan Hot has done already this season are living in loony land. Yeah, I, I agree. Opinion. In my opinion, you are wanting the host who finishes third in the St. James's Palace. Sorry, was he second or third in the St. James's third. Palace? Third in the St. James's Palace, I thought so. To beat the horse who finishes second in the jersey as easily as he's done to Space Blues here every day of the week. Yeah, definitely. Who was narrowly touched off in the jersey. Yeah, by Space Traveller. And it wasn't a good jersey. Mm. He's beaten the runner-up in the jersey and the winner of the German guineas in a manner that you'd want a horse placed in the St. James's Palace to do that. Yeah. Every year. It's a group, a horse who's been running in Group 1s beating two horses who've been running in Group 3s. This isn't a huge step forward from two down lot. Yeah. He's doing what he's done all season. But what we've got is an optimised two down hot. There, there wasn't another group one horse in this field. No. But these were the conditions in which you've, you, you've seen two down hot and you think, it'll take something good to beat him. Yeah. It'll take something good to beat him. Uh, I think the Sussex is the right option. Because, like I said, he's he's been very, very happy. I'll tell you what, Jim, you're still thinking about it as a two-year-old thing. Because let's say Skardu, because I know you like Skardu. It was had a pretty similar profile. In yeah, t- I'd agree. Dan, to two Dan Hopkins. Yeah, I'd agree. In terms of running respectable but not placed. Yeah. You know, well, respectable placed efforts in the Irish Guineas. Was he fourth in the Irish? Yeah. And fur- slightly further down the field was he in the St. James's Palace? St. James's, yeah. If he'd have done this and then went went to France and won the Jean Pratt, you would 100% be saying Sussex. Well, it depends how his performance was. I thought his performance, two down hot's performance in the Jean Pratt, just shown his, shown his speed and how quick he actually is and he, how much speed he actually has. Because I underestimate it. I didn't think he was that quick, but he really was fast. Oh, he's bloody quick, yeah. And I think, and you're going to disagree with me, you go Maurice de Geest, you go Sprint Cup at Haydock, and I know you're going to say heavy ground, but it'd be worth a go. And It would be because the three-year-olds, well, because the six furlong horses at the minute aren't particularly good. And then you go to the Breeders' Cup, cause, but you go to the Breeders' Cup mile. Right, round a bend. Round a bend, because I think... The way the ground will be, the way the race had pan out, it absolutely suit him down to the ground. I think he's he's just fast, and I think you can get away with a mile round at the Breeders' Cup, especially because he's round a bend. So, if you were, a, a matchup that I really really want to see would be ten sovereigns versus two darn hot over six, because I think I think two darn hot would have him. I like that. I like that as a ball call, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. I'd probably decide with two we've, down. We've talked too long about him now. So No, because th- 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 there's a lot to say about him, mate. Because uh, he, he's probably been the most interesting horse in the country. And I think season. the Lloyd Webbers will learn 
from a horse like him with the next one that they have, or although he's just been sold for 4.2 million or however much. But they'll learn on this with their future horses because I know they've they've always had a decent campaign with them and they've always been very good, but they'll learn how to campaign them because Nick Luck said a very good thing on the Final Furlong podcast. John Gosden keeps saying, we. Yes. And I think they're learning as they go with two down hot and he's almost a Charles. And I, I'm going to throw <laughs> another one of my cliff horses in there, but Mendelssohn. I think they've learned, Aidan O'Brien will have learned with Mendelssohn about how to win the Kentucky Derby by the way he's being campaigned. And I think owners learn by certain horses and pave the way and these horses will get the credit they deserve when in the future years they'll go and win a derby or they'll go and win a Kentucky derby with them well isn't it is he, I mean he's, he's from a family of middle distance horses yeah la da da re me the fuke so me da yeah so me da pretty much all of the Lloyd Webbers one mile four one, horses, you could even get one mile six yeah exactly have been horses who have whose best form has been 12 furlongs and have got further yeah so I understand where you're coming from, because it's, well, it's 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 uncharted it's, territory it's, for him. Yeah, completely. They've they've never had a, a horse as quick as him, so they don't know how to campaign him. Whereas they've been fortunate with uh, Lati Dar and Somidar that they've been fairly similar to the Mundar Amy. He's a, and just the last point we'll have we'll have about two down hot is he's a best price of six to four to win the Sussex. I think it's a good bet. The top three in the market... Not six to four, in my opinion. Well, the top four in the market, including Circus Maximus, who needs to be supplemented, are all three-year-olds. The, uh, uh, the other one? Two Dan Hot, Circus Maximus, King of Comedy, Phoenix of Spain. Are the top four in the betting. Then you go to Lord Glitters. I know your boys really like King of Comedy. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we do... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to not toe the company line there. I'll just say, <laughs> yes, Time from do like King of Comedy a lot. Uh, I'm not going to state my own personal opinion there. But he's... he's, he's but has got two good horses there. Send King of Comedy to the Sussex and send t- two down hot to France for the Primaris de Geest. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I would split them up? I wouldn't disagree with that. Don't mate. run them against each other. I wouldn't disagree right, with that. I've, I'm done with two, Darnot. Let's move on to some two-year-olds. <laughs> we will move on to some two-year-olds, Jim. Just about uh, we, we've seen quite a lot of nice performances, really, including the July the July meeting. We had Mystery Power winning the Superlative, Raffle Prize winning the Cherry Hinton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Royal Livam beating Visionari in the July Stakes. And also on Irish Derby Day, we saw the mighty Siskin run away with the railway stakes. I mean, Jim, before we touch on all the uh, domestic stuff, I want to talk about Siskin, who, yeah. in my opinion, well, I think we said before Royal, I said before Royal Ascot, he didn't come, but Siskin was the most impressive two-year-old I've seen this season. Yeah. And he's solidifying that. What a proper, proper type he is. He... I just think for one so young and inexperienced, visually Siskin could be a five-year-old. Yeah. A five-year-old gelding. Yeah. And you, you, you wouldn't be surprised. Just he's, he seems to have his head screwed on. Mm. Bear, not bearing in mind the fact as well that he's bloody, bloody quick. Yeah. 
and he's beaten one of, you know, O'Brien's premier two-year-olds, really, in Monarch of Egypt, and Fort Myers, who's a good standard setter for this level. I mean, I wouldn't quite back him for the Guineas as of yet. We might be falling into the Ten Sovereigns trap there of having a sprinter trying to be stretched out to a mile. But, oh God, I really like this horse. I really like this horse. And I You've been banging on about him I wouldn't ages. Be, and I wouldn't be surprised, mad surprised, mate. If, if we disregard the three-year-old, if you have the older six furlong horses giving weight to Siskin, I think you do dream of dreams. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, dear. I think you do dream of dreams. Oh, dear. Oh, wow. Um, I was really impressed with the performance of Siskin. We're moving on from that bold statement because that's absolutely meant. Dream of dreams giving him a two-year-old's allowance. Dream of dreams, his best win was a listed race at Windsor. He beat the tin man. Good fall. Um, um, Siskin did the railway stakes really well. I thought I was really, really impressed. I really like Monarch of Egypt. And if Monarch of Egypt was to line up against Siskin once again in the Phoenix stakes, I think I'd be backing Monarch of Egypt because he'd had that setback. He missed Ascot. He'd had that injury. And... I wouldn't say Ryan Moore was over hard on him towards the end of the race. He knew his fate was sealed furlong out and he only got beat two and a half lengths. And I really like Monarch of Egypt and I think in time Monarch of Egypt will be better than Siskin. We don't really know. You, you deep down know. You're facing. No. You know that I that's was, going to be I, true. I was going to say we don't really know because there were no examples of American feral three-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. As to how well they train on, yes, American Pharaoh was best himself as a three-year-old. Because we were, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, at Ascot, I was quite quick to slag off No Nay Nevers uh, running at Ascot, and you said, well, it's only a small percentage. Now, if we look at that again, No Nay Nevers, three-year-olds, I said never train on. Well, we've seen ten sovereigns. Exactly. So it's, it's 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 a ridiculously small sample size. It's like that that stat that's been wheeled out a few times about Dark Angels at Ascot. Yeah. I, I, you know, Lethal Force was a champion sprinter. Yeah. Who won his champion sprint there? Yeah. It's, it's Harry Angel and. Yeah, but but what 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 you mean by Dark Angels don't have a good record at Ascot is Harry Angel and Batash don't have a good record <laughs> yeah. at Ascot. <laughs> you know, and they don't know they're by Dark Angel. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't care. It's completely and utterly irrelevant. Uh, people writing no nay nevers off. Well done on con- conceding defeat on that one, Jimbo. Because uh, again, it's stupid to write an entire a sire off after half and of the three. Uh, I'm the same because I've been. I, I've always said Dark Angels don't run well at Ascot, and then you realise how small a pool that is. Uh, it's also like Charlie Hills's horses that are gelding. Uh, gelded, I always think, always improve a hell of a lot. But there's only Batash. And there was another one that won the other week that was really impressive. Uh, it might have been Car- it might be Cardem. I can't quite remember. But there's only a small percentage that happens, and it'd be interesting to see how uh, American Pharaohs turn out to be. Yeah, completely. Uh, we'll just touch on while we're in Ireland as well, Albinia, the filly. <laughs> she was mightily impressive. That was stupid. Absolutely. Man. I, I backed her. I thought she would beat. I stopped watching too far long to go. 
She, I mean, for a six foot long lady, she looked like the fact that she looked, she looked like already a horse who who, who wants a trip of the Alps, <laughs> winning over six furlongs. Jessie Harrington and this season, her two-year-olds are absolutely burning up the track. She's a genius. She is. She's one. She's the most underestimated trainer ever. She trains jumpers. She trains hurdlers. She trains flat horses. Oh, she's. If I had a horse, I'd, I'd probably put it with her. Yeah, completely. She, she, her two-year-olds, she sent them to the barrier trials. They've won all the barrier trials and they've gone and won first time out. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal training performance. That's a proper, proper filly they've got there in yeah. Albinia. Yeah, of have got another good one on the rams as well. Yeah, uh, we'll go on to Newmarket this week. I say it's, it's, it's one of, it's one of the, the meetings really where the two-year-old form begins to be fleshed out a bit. And you know what, Jim? I, I put on Twitter before that I was taking on Vizinari because I really like the form of the Coventry this season. Yeah. I, re- I thought it was an above-average Coventry. Uh, and it was. It was a 7th one home move, wasn't it? Royal Living. Unfortunately, I'd gone with Guildsman the first. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know I was with Royal Living. But you know what? He sh- I'd, well, if, I'd have make, if I were making my own book, he wouldn't have been 11-1. to one. Correct. I got 16s in the morning. I was oh. chuffed with that. Um, if you go back to the Ascot review... He was my eye catcher from that race. Yeah, because he raced on the wrong side. He as raced well. on the wrong side. He, he put in a smashing effort. He met in a bit of trouble and he finished fairly strongly. And I think Ryan Lytham's a serious, serious horse. Uh, I think step up in distance wouldn't wouldn't do him any favours. I think in time seven furlongs. Wouldn't do him favours, do you mean? Wouldn't do him favours. Sorry. Um, I, I I think that he's got a nice progressive profile. Whether you'd what you do with him, I don't know. He is also the best named horse in training. Glen Eagles, Royal Lytham. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you'd, it depends where you go. It'd be interesting. You could go to the gym crack, couldn't you? Uh, and then go to the National State. Well, surely, surely the Phoenix would make, make the most sense to group one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would. In Ireland, it's a race they absolutely... Well, I was going to say it's a race they dominate, but it's not, is it? Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that start that I got pulled up the other day. That he's got Ed O'Brien has a surprisingly poor record in the Phoenix yeah. Stakes. I mean, he's still probably won about three or four of them. <laughs> but surprisingly poor. But it's it's, it's it is you you you're, you're expecting him to it you know to almost be an Ed O'Brien benefit every year, and it's it's not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this is a good horse. The I think this race will come out to be very very good. The second and third are both nice types to progress with. I think Visionary, he was talked up as... He, he was the uh, fractional horse, wasn't he? He was... Yeah, stride length. Team Rollins and Willoughby. And I didn't... I wouldn't think he'd what? lost everything in defeat. What was it? Quick, Quicker than everything other than Frankel and Black Caviar? <laughs> ever? Uh, uh, after one performance at Newmarket, look, you need you needed your eye examined if you're backing him off that. I'm sorry. I, I think that Visionary, if he was to go to Goodwood, I think he'd take a hell of a beating, especially with Johnson's record at Goodwood. I think he, he's a serious animal. Would you not need him stepping up in trip? What would it be the vintage? Yeah, I'd go for se- I go seven furlongs. I go the uh, was it Dark Vision that they yeah, had? Yeah, is, the, is that the vintage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I'd go that route. So I, I think Visionary is very good, and Platinum Star absolutely rattled up. He stepped up to six. I think given a, he'd been running over five. He ran over the five at Ascot in the Windsor Castle, and he went back up to six where he'd won previously. And he's a horse who I have completely underestimated. He was second to Pinatubu on his debut, and we all know how much 
Pinatubu is a superstar and Lewis is smiling like a Cheshire cat because he absolutely loves the bull of a horse. Oh, and like Big horses. <laughs> Lewis Tomlinson's big horse army <laughs> with Pinatubo and top of the game and John Cole. Do you remember him? He was an absolute unit. Just, uh, just, just me and my army of giant horses. So, I love it. Yeah, I, I think Platinum Stars ran a fairly good race. Some at, some at York. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't deny it. Jim Crack. Jim Crack, I, yeah. That would be the obvious next route. And, yeah, I, I think all of these horses are decent. I was impressed with how Classy Moon figured. He was an expensive breeze-up horse who won on debut at Carlisle. He cost a lot of money. Um, and I thought with a furlong to go, he'd finish closer than that. So I think stepping back down to five, he could be interesting. Um I think all of these are fairly decent. Um, King Neptune, Ryan, was on the wrong once, sadly. And Yeah, I, I think, like you said, Guildsman's got decent form. I think this race is fairly solid, and I think the three new market races have come out, will come out to be the mate better than Ascot form, if I'm being honest. Oh, it's a bold shout. It's a bold shout. I mean, I'd, I'd still be with... Look, if Arizona and Royal Liven were to meet next time out, I'd still be with Arizona. Depends what price would be, in my opinion. Uh, I tell you what, a clash of the Ascot winners all we saw in the Phillies race, the Cherry Hinton, <laughs> brackets Duke of Duchess of Cambridge. Uh, Raffle Price coming out on top, reversing the form of her debut from Dye. Final song as well, who we saw run well at Royal Ascot, completing a 1-2-3 uh, from the Royal meeting form. Uh this was the best Phillies race we've seen so far this season. And this is exactly what we wanted to see, wasn't it? Because we wanted to see both winners of the Phillies races at Ascot face each other so we knew where we stood. And I was really impressed with Raffle Prize, if I'm being honest. Uh, I know I said early on that horses that led were more advantageous, but I think that Raffle Prize is the best horse. Um, she absolutely blitzed him, if I'm being honest. And it were a chat record, but there were five chat records broken that day. Uh, and I think if David Egan was to ride, I'm going to call it De Gea, right. uh, again, I think he'd ride her a lot differently. Rafa Pride just looked like a quicker horse here to me. Yeah. Just looked like one who, who is an out-and-out sprinter. Yeah. And you can see Dyer running over seven and maybe even a mile in time. So you go louder than Moigler, probably. Somewhat like that, yeah. The Moigler's over seven, isn't it? You'd risk her, wouldn't you, over seven? Of course you would. I mean, if she's shaped, she shaped here like she gets seven. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, raffle prize, only currently got entered to, in the louder. Got to be Cheesley Park at the end of the but season. But you'd have to go that at the end of the season, wouldn't you? Um, I, I, I think... I even think Final Song ran a decent race, if I'm being brutally honest. Stepped up to six furlongs. I, I thought maybe stepped back down to five, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah, well, she'll, she'll surely pick up a, a group race or a listed race before the end of the season. Uh, although most of her entries are for seven furlongs. So, so it'd be interesting to see where they go. I, I think keep her to five, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I thought she was full of speed early on. And to say she finished third at Royal Ascot, I mean... It, she must have had a massive handicap that day as well yeah. in being by Dark Angel. He's <laughs> <laughs> on top form today, are you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. F- yeah, so you can mark final uh, final songs run up there by about, what, £10? <laughs> the fact that her dad 
apparently his just kids don't like, like Ascot. Just no. don't like Ascot. Stupid, stupid stat. <laughs> uh, the superlative stakes, Jim, is a race that, let's be fair, is often one of the worst two-year-old group races in the country. I don't understand how it's still a group two. Do you remember good old boy Luke? <laughs> yeah. How did he win a group race? Uh, what was the horse that won the superlative? Really impressive. He just got up in the line and had a horrible passage of Aidan O'Brien's. Oh, I've completely... It's, its name's completely escaped me. Did and it win the Gustav, Was first? it Gustav Klimt? Gustav Klimt, yeah. And then he went... I, I thought he was ready to take on the world after winning that, and he disappointed. Um, so... Gustav that, Klimt, that, what a blast from the past. That's... He's it's, it's it's only be a five-year-old, though. Is he still running? He, he can't be. He won't be too old. He'll be five or six, surely. He's four. Jesus Christ. Jesus, it was only two years ago. <laughs> it feels like years ago. But... Mystery power really left me scratching my head. Haydock, novice form, coming to the table here with Juan Alcano and Mystery Power being first and second, both winning Haydock races. I was shocked. I was expecting Year of the Tiger and King's Command to be battling out the finish where they were battling out last place, if I was being honest. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a decent superlative, though, strangely. Juan, Juan Elcano looked like a a big baby on debut at Haydock. And looked like he needed soft ground. Yeah. Well, bottomless ground in typical Haydock conditions. Absolutely rain-sodden ground. Um, and if you look at his action in the final furlong at Newmarket, he's trying to dip his toe in and he can't whatsoever. It was absolutely rattling. And I think that if there were... To run this race on heavy ground, Juan Alcano will win nine times out of ten. Uh, I think he is the better of the two, if I'm being honest. What, in, in general? Or? In general, I do. Um, although I also... I'm going to say, you're not going to get a superlative, a superlative stakes on heavy ground yeah, ever. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, the other thing to point out is I was quite impressed. I know I'm sort of edging away from Mystery Power and I probably shouldn't. But I was impressed by the Ma- Maxi Boy. Well, it's a Coventry form as well, isn't it? Ropey Guest and Maxi Boy were both front of midfield in the Coventry. Yeah, I thought Maxi Boy in the superlative made a big mid-race move from the back. And as I've said before, horses at the front have sort of favoured it. And he sort of pulled out and I thought he did a lot in the middle of the race and did well to finish where he were. Um, again, George Margerson horses when he... Big races in big group races, two-year-olds, absolutely great performance. And I better talk about Mystery Power because I've, that's the only one I've not talked about the winner. I think I think he's good, but he's not got the wow factor yet. But you don't you don't always have to be at this. You know, he's he, he's he's put to bed here a group of clearly quite good two-year-olds. Yeah, clearly quite good two-year-olds. You know, you're the tiger representing the form from the Chesham. I know he'd. You know he'd he'd well he'd not run to expectation here, but the, the, there were a few decent form lines being held. You know, coming together here, like we said, r- good horses who ran well enough at Royal Ascot, and and horses who were only having the second start. Uh, I I take the first two out of it, and again I I think they're both 
nice type top races like the Acom. You, you, you know, you can see him winning later in the season. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, and I won't quite rule out Year of the Tiger. This race came quickly, and I'm a massive fan of Year of the Tiger. Because it's Tiggy Wiggy's son. It's only that's the only reason. If anything, out of Tiggy Wiggy, and I will automatically adore. Yeah, if you're smashing Philly, won't you? Smashing Philly, of course, Jim. This will be the only thing Mystery of Power achieves in his career, due to the fact that he's by. No name, no never. name. <laughs> he obviously so, won't train on. Yeah, him. so we've got we've got three months worth of fun to be had with him, and then that's it. And then round Suvel by the end of his three-year-old campaign. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I like him. Everything everything he did was right. It yeah. might not have been, you know, explosively impressive, but everything he did was right, yeah. and I thought it was a good race. Uh, have we wrapped everything up there, Jim? I think we've talked about a, a, f- a fair lot and all the divisions, to be honest. Yeah, uh, we'll give a mention as well. Communicate won the Princess of Wales. Absolutely. Back over three and a half. Warrior. Yeah. That's the, the only word to describe me. He's a warrior. Yeah, but the fact that he is, he's a dual Group 2 winner this season o- over middle distance races, again, to me, illustrates how poor the division is at the minute. Uh Oh, we, we almost ended on a high note as well there, Jim, and I had to slag a horse off <laughs> before we left. Uh, yeah, just a few sentiments. Well, happy retirement to Massa. I know we've spent I know we spent a bit of time slating him, but he was a bloody, bloody good horse as a three-year-old. He was. When he won the derby, and he beat Roaring Lion over a mile in the Craven. And everything went wrong for him in that derby as well. Everything. He, he he didn't exactly break magnificently. He didn't get the easiest of runs, and he still won. Yeah. And Massar was an absolute warrior, yeah. and I'm sure he'll be a force at stud. Yeah, he'll be enjoying the easy life now. And, of course, I sent him out to the uh, Haggis team and the Choi family. Fingers crossed for Sea of Class. What a filly she is. And we hope she pulls through and becomes an outstanding broodmare. Yeah, completely agree with that. We'll be back again next week to preview the King George and all of glorious Goodwood. Jim, it's going to be a big episode, a busy thing, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Better get my head in the farm book and get going. Right. Right. That's it. Thanks a lot for listening. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, give us five stars. Tell everyone about us. Uh, two young lads, we're just trying to make it in the racing media. Get in. Uh, thanks for listening. See you later.